Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. Hello and welcome to The Daily Reprieve, where we provide essays, speaker meetings, workshops, and conferences in podcast format. We are an ad-free podcast. If you enjoy listening, please help us be self-supporting by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and drop a dollar or two into the virtual basket. Please consider donating monthly by clicking the Donate Monthly button. However, one-time donations are always welcome. Just click the Donate Now button. Now, without further ado, this episode of The Daily Reprieve. You're a sexaholic, and um, I'm not comfortable moving on to tools until I share a little um, about the second part of the second step. I feel it's the core of so much, the core about my insanity, and that it says we're restored to sanity. So what does it mean if we're insane? And I want to talk about, for those who might not know a lot about insanity, but insanity usually refers to psychosis, a loss of touch with reality, loss of touch with external reality. And how dare Bill W. say, I have lost touch with external reality. And it was only when I could accept how insane I am that I was able to truly want to be restored to sanity. Because if I cannot accept I'm insane, how can I ask to be restored to sanity? So what is my psychosis? What is this? And I shared with some people before. A primary example of psychosis is hallucinations, both visual and auditory, through the eyes or the ears. Psychotic people hear voices. They see things that aren't there. And they get delusional. They have thoughts that they feel are real, that are not really real. Conspiracy theories, you name them. So what happened to me in my psychosis? A beautiful woman walks by and she says, hello. And I get an auditory hallucination. I hear her saying, I want to have sex with you, Harvey. 
that's an auditory hallucination. I see a woman dressed and all of a sudden I see her vagina. That's a visual hallucination. I see a man dressed. I see his naked erection. And I don't even know what how he's, he is. That's a visual hallucination. I see a young woman in her 20s. And I say to myself, she's attracted to me. A 20-year-old being attracted to a 73-year-old man? That's a delusion. That's delusional thinking. I am psychotic at times. And I'm putting it mildly at times. I'm psychotic most of the time. Very much like that, what was that beautiful movie about that schizophrenic professor? A Beautiful Mind. And it was at the end of that movie that touched me so much as a recovering addict. It was still there. This hallucination. That man was still there in the audience. But he ignored it. It didn't go away. He just didn't give it any energy. Now, what helps that usually is taking antipsychotic medication. Sometimes, actually, the hallucination will go away. But I need this medication for my psychotic-like symptoms. Even though I'm not schizophrenic and I'm not psychotic, but I know I am insane. How can we ask for tools when we don't even know what we want the tool to be used for? This we get so preoccupied with this mentality in the program. Don't do this. Don't do that. No, 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 no. No. If you do this, you're going to fall apart. If you do, no, no, you're going to. The no, 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 no's. And what happens? Relapse, relapse, relapse. Roy even writes about it, uses, I think, the terms, no, no, no. It will only end up in relapse. You wear this pro program like a straitjacket instead of a loose coat. Chances are you will relapse. Because you're not facing the problem. The problem is I'm insane. And that I need my medication. And yes, I need rigidity for my program. But my rigidity could then become an obsession in itself. And then 
it breaks through and I get into so much shame that only shame heals it again. In quotes. Because there is no way I'll never forget it. I was sober early in my sobriety. And I guess I was sober about eight, nine years. And we went on a vacation. We had a timeshare to Zandvoort. And we were in Amsterdam. And I never forgot that first time I saw this ad of this, like, naked woman. I said, my God, well, these heathens, my goodness, they have naked people all over here. You know, I know you're not heathens, but but that's how my mind responded. I had to learn what to do with it. I have to learn the tools when my wife's naked. I cannot stand there seeing my naked wife. It's not good for me. Maybe others can do it. I walk out of the room. I used to shame her into how she should dress and wear and what room and my total rigidity, control. You better do this to get me comfortable. You better not do this to make me comfortable. You, you, you. When it was all me, me, me. I've been in conferences where I've taken sweaters, asked another woman to be with me, taken sweaters to tell this woman to cover up because too much of her front was show at an SA conference. That was my disease, not hers. I needed to be willing to sit somewhere else. What do I do at a meeting if there's an attractive woman, an attractive man, and it ends up being that pre-lust? I get a pre-lust sensation. I know when my lust wants to come in. I do this very, very complicated thing. Where's the chair? Can I borrow your chair for me? Very, very complicated, sophisticated thing. When I'm in a meeting with someone who I get uncomfortable with, and they're right there, I go like this. That's it. Totally takes the power away. I take the action of recovery. Just move the seat a fraction of an inch. What do you do? What do you do when you have had sex with so many people? That people you've had sex with keep showing up at meetings you attend. When you've had sex with hundreds of people and you're in an AA and SA, over the years, old sex partners show up. What do you do? You run out of the room and never go back again? And Bill talks about this so dearly, so much. That he says, if you go to Greenland, some Eskimo will fi- bring a bottle. <laughs> you can't run away from it because it's in me. 
Wherever I go, there I am. The disease is in me. It's not in you. It's in me. And so what happens? We try to become prohibitionists. We become judgmental. Oh, how awful they are. I screen my TV. I'm very selective in what I watch. And my wife watches these gray anatomy and all these shows. And I don't watch them because they're raunchy. And I walk in and I say, you know, I'm walking in the room to go into the bathroom. And there's a sex scene. I said, Nancy, this, these movies, that's why I don't watch it, all this sex. She said, what are you talking about? She doesn't even notice it's a sex scene. I hear it. I hear the moans. I know it's a sex scene. Or she'll say, I'll say, Nancy, I'm walking out right now in the movie. She said, why? I said, there's a sex scene coming. She said, what are you talking about? I'll move or go. She said, how did you know a sex scene was <laughs> She doesn't even know most of the time. She always says, nobody's ever tried picking me up, Harvey, or flirting with me. I said, I know why. I watch them do it. You don't know they're doing it. <laughs> She's not a sex addict. Sex is optional to her. I'm not even sure it's optional. She could live very well without it. I have to spend years having it become optional to me. So these tools, first a base that I'm insane, and what do I do for my insanity? Well, if I'm insane, it lives in my head. That's where insanity is. It's in my mind. Therefore, I cannot use my mind. You're going to say, what the heck's this guy talking about? Sure, you've got to use your mind. I'm not using my mind now. I haven't prepared any of this stuff. It doesn't make me dumb not to use my mind. How can I use my mind purposely when my addiction shares the same intelligence I have? Same IQ. If I have a high IQ, it has a high IQ. Except it always lies. So it always wins because it's as smart as I am, but it always lies. And so it always wins. Because it always lies through truth. It will take a kernel of truth to lie to me with. Like it will say, oh, what could it really hurt 
to look again, to take a double look. I mean, what could it hurt? Logically, it's right. What could it really hurt? It doesn't hurt to do that. I don't get pain. Nothing bad happens when I take that second look. But it forgets to tell me that that second look will then produce the phenomenon of craving, which then will make me look the third and fourth and fifth until I go somewhere and act out. It forgets to tell me that. So it, it's in my head. My disease is not in my genitalia. It's so hard to get this message across. You are not acting out. Your masturbation is not acting out. That is the result of your acting out. It is the inevitability of your acting out. The acting out, it starts in your head. And some people maybe could get away with it. I'm not risking it. I've watched too many people begin innocently and then they end up all messed up. Now, what are some tools I use? Uh, I'll be in the shower and somebody, some guy, some woman, usually a guy, will show up in my shower. I'll have a visual hallucination. See, for me, I don't go gay, straight, by None of that counts for me. I'm a sex addict. And later in life, by the time I was 35, I discovered gay sex. And it just so happens that gay sex happens to be heroin for me. Female sex is perhaps marijuana. Masturbation is alcohol. But gay sex is heroin for me. I don't know why my brain is built that way. It just is. That's what my drug effect is. So I'll be in a shower and I'll, all of a sudden I'll start feeling a little arousal. And I will say, disease, if you don't leave me alone this second, I am getting out of the shower even though I am all soaked up. And it knows I mean business. It knows it. How does it know it? Because in my early years of recovery, I kept thinking of when I'm going to have sex with my wife next. And I told my disease early on, if you... Don't leave me alone with that thought today. And even if my wife requests it, I'll have to say no. If you don't leave me alone. I am not going to have you give me fantasies all day. And it worked that I meant business. That I'd rather die today than go back to the way it used to be. Nicholas said it so beautifully. I don't know if you'll remember how quite you said it to me about where you are today. 
Do you remember that statement? It, 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 about the past and about how it took um, what it took. But, um, that you trade it, do it again. Yes. If, if I had to, if, to be where I am today, everything that happened in my life had to be. If I was asked, I would do it again. I would go through that again so that I could be in this place. Right. I do not want to go back to that other place today. Because I, I feel what Nicholas feels. That what I have today <coughs> is so important for me. For today. It took every one of those things I did. I cannot go back there in shame. This, it took whatever it took to get me to where I got so I'd be ready to be here. That's called reaching a bottom. You don't have to reach the bottom I reach. You don't have to be there. You could get off the elevator on any level of the basement. You don't have to keep going down. Simple tools. But what is the main tool? It's that to work on the insanity. I forgot. Anyone have a rubber band, by the way? Oh, thank you so much. I have it ready for you. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much. This is our big tool in Nashville. We have a big bag. The moment the thought comes, I gently go like this. If you're a masochist, this is not good. <laughs> Don't do it. But if you're not a masochist, my brain cannot stand that sensation. I don't know why it's such an annoying sensation. But in basic terms, I'm doing aversive conditioning to that first picture. So I don't have to have the thought. Now, what are some of these insanities? And they come in all forms. Thank you. They come in all forms. One of the most popular forms that it fools people are called romance fantasies. You're a single guy. Beautiful woman there. How can you not think of marrying her and the beautiful children you'll have? You must never, ever think about sex. The only problem is you're in your head. And whenever you're in your head, you're behind enemy lines. You're not only in a battle, you're behind in the enemy's area. Thinking is dangerous for me. As good as a thought begins, it will always end in a negative. And you test it someday. No matter what, I will be thinking about how wonderful it will be to go on a vacation with my wife. And I'll start thinking we'll be on the plane and we're going where we're going, let's say to Colorado. And all of a sudden, I'll see terrorists on the plane. 
and they're trying to take over the plane. And I say to myself, this is all in my mind. Now, Harvey, remember they said to take off your shoes and tell people all around to take off your shoes so everyone could throw shoes at them at the same time and then you could get the gun from them. (laughs) So I decide to do that in my mind and all of a sudden the guy sees me and shoots at me and the bullet goes into the airplane and it starts, the air comes in, it starts to crash And I'm thinking, Harvey, what are the last words you're going to say to your wife as you're dying? The two of you are crashing. And I, a beautiful thought about a vacation. And I'm thinking about what I'm going to say to my wife as we're dying. That's the best my mind does. Now, am I saying anything really unusual that not all great world thinkers, in quotes, tell us? What is our 11th step? It's about meditation. What are you doing in meditation? You're trying not to think. What does a book say? The next right thing. The next right thing is not intellectualized. You know the next right thing. You do the next right thing. So these tools for me, I call it giving my addict the middle finger. I talk to it. Just say, screw you, I'm not doing that. My sponsor taught me this little trick. He said, Harvey, whenever you're thinking, do the opposite, and statistically, you'll come out better. (laughs) You want to translate that into other languages? (laughs) You might not get that. First, do it in Flemish. Who understood what I said? Whatever you're thinking, do the opposite, and statistically, you'll come out better. Wat je ook denkt, doe het tegenovergestelde en statistisch gezien ga je altijd beter eindigen. Can we say it in German? Als um, ja. immer du auch denkst, mach das Gegenteil davon, das Ergebnis wird immer noch besser sein als das, was du gedacht hast. Someone wants to say it in Yiddish? <laughs> There aren't too many of you. <laughs> <laughs> French? Do we have any French? Can you say it in French? Okay. Now we could have someone from Ireland say it, but we need a translator if we <laughs> Just teasing you, Carl. No, He's what I can understand, Carl, but I always say, how do you understand me? <laughs> And he tells me the truth. I watch a lot of American movies. <laughs> yes, any other language? I have a question, but what is the opposite of thinking? Of whatever you're thinking, the opposite is the opposite. <laughs> so, if I'm thinking, oh my, 
I'm in the shower. And good things aren't happening. And I'm all soaked up. I better wash off first before I go out of the shower. No, I do just the opposite. I don't rinse off. I just jump out of the shower. I do the opposite. And statistically, I'll come out better. Not always, but statistically. <laughs> it's the same principle about me and my sponsor. I only ask my sponsor questions, and I only ask one person the same question. Whatever I ask him, whatever he says, I do. Even when I know he is absolutely wrong. Even when I know it. And I know there'll be negative consequences. I do it anyway. And I won. Yes, I surrendered. If he tells me what to do and I haven't asked him, well, I could think about it, work on it, but if I ask him, I must totally surrender and not go back into my brain and then ask a few more people and get comparisons, etc. Because that's what my brain will do. So a great tool for us is to learn, and I don't have all the tools. I have the tools that are good for me. You'll learn tools that are good for you. Not to go there. To become aware that this isn't bad, but that you're having a hallucination. This guy talks about how he he would... Um, oh, what's the word when you follow a woman? Um, stalk a woman. And he was driving his car, and this woman kind of smiled at him, looked at him, and he was con- you know, convinced she wanted to get something going. So he's following her in his car, and he follows her right to the front of the police station. <laughs> she was frightened of him. He thought she was having it come on towards him. The delusional thinking. And why it's so important for us to be very honest and open to be sure it's not my delusional thinking. I have to say to my wife often, is this what you meant by that? My wife had this stuff. She called me scrunchy face when we woke up. My face was scrunchy or something. And I heard her insulting me. Are you implying my face is so ugly when I wake up? And she's saying something endearing. I can't trust my thinking. I have to say to her, are you saying such and such? I have to check out what she's saying. This what she's saying and what I hear are two different things. How much time do we have left? Um, an hour and ten minutes. Oh, my. We'll have plenty of questions. Todd. Now, what are some... Hi. 
<laughs> there are many, many tools of recovery. You know, I have a tool that I use, and that's my gratitude list. Gratitude lists for me are just a part of my life. I would call my sponsor all upset, and he'd say, well, did you do your gratitude list today? And I'd say, yeah. And he'd say, well, it sounds like you need another one. (laughs) Some of my poor sponsors, they call whining and crying, and I'll say to them, hey, Tell me something good that's happened today. And it's amazing how it changes things when we're in gratitude rather than the poor me. Poor me, poor me, poor me another drink. Does that work that in that way in other languages? No. In English, it's such a wonderful example. P-O-O-R me. P-O-O-R me. P-O-U-R me. Another drink. Meaning, when I get sorry for myself, I'm letting myself open for a relapse. Selfishness. Self-centeredness. That is the core of our disease. What are three very important tools? It says they are indispensable. Do any of you know the only thing that says that I think, that I found, that says it is indispensable for our recovery in the big book? You got it. How it works. H-O-W. How it works. They talk about it in spiritual experience appendix. Honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. And And these are indispensable. And in another part of the AA book, it talks about honesty, willingness, and humility which is another way of saying uh, open-mindedness. And then why do people have such problems in our program? Because they have difficulty with honesty, open-mindedness, and willingness. Honesty, and I wrote a whole article about this, When you're living a secret life in recovery, meaning you're afraid to tell anyone you're in this program, that's a great form of honesty. Could you repeat this, please? If you are afraid to let anyone know you're in the program, and they say, where are you going? And you say, oh, I'm going to have lunch with a guy. You're lying if you're going to a meeting. When people say, where are you going this weekend? And you say, oh, on a vacation. Well, maybe that's not a lie. But 
If you say something that that's not true, then that's a lie. With me, lying still comes up in in um, exaggeration. And lying comes up for me, and I'm doing so much better with it, with this part. Someone will ask me directions, and I'll tell them the way to go. And I'm not even that sure. But I'm sure where it is. But I'm really not. Well, I've been lying. So now I say to people, hey, I tend to lie, so I'm telling you this, but I'm not sure. You better check it out. By the way, I'm also a thief. And so when I borrow pens from people at work or anywhere, I say to them, especially at work, I steal pens. I will have a tendency of not giving this back to you. Don't trust me with this pen. And as I'm saying it, I'm holding my arm like this, and it's reminding me that I'm a liar and a thief, and then I do what I have to write, and my arm's still this way, and I hand it back to him. Otherwise, I'll automatically put it in my pocket. That's what I do. I'm a liar, I'm a cheat, I'm a thief. When I'm not in recovery, and even in recovery, I have to check it out. You know, I, I go into the extremes, and we go into a hotel, and there's a breakfast bar, and I will not take anything out of that room at the breakfast bar without asking permission. Say, is it okay for me to take an apple for later in the day? Because I steal. And these are the things I've had to be willing uh, to face about me. And I think you can actually feel it. I have no shame about this. I don't think you've heard much shame coming from me about what I've done in the past. Or who I am. Or my character defects. Because I'm doing the best I can about them today. But I, I am honest with myself and other people about it. So these tools can come in all forms. So we have honesty, which we know is a sure guarantee. You know, as I said Thursday night, rarely have we seen anyone not make it. That's what the book says, basically. Unless you're dishonest with yourself. <coughs> Open-mindedness. Man, is that tough in the program. Being open-minded, you know. They believe this way, I believe that way. How do you get around open-mindedness? <laughs> Connect with each other's similarities, not your differences. We connect with each other's similarities. Not how different we are. And willingness, you know. Without being willing. And so a lot of you, as you know, I said yesterday, 
you're really not willing to admit you're not ready to get sober. You're not willing. You keep relapsing. You're not willing to acknowledge you're insane. You know? You're just not willing. And then you keep doing the same thing over again. To control thinking we can control and enjoy lust is a great obsession of every lustaholic. And what does the book say? It takes us to the gates of hell. No, gates of hell and death or something like that. The what? The gates of insanity or death. (coughs) The obsession. This time, I could look at the internet a bit. I have to trust. (coughs) It's very hard. You can have faith. But trust is very difficult. And I have to trust that my higher power did not have me open up a Pandora's box. And this thing could have gone in very different ways. And I had to have trust that this was what I was, I was led to do. But if you never really sober up, and you're still being aroused all the time, purposefully. It's just a matter of time you're going to act out. And this is such a difficult concept to get across to people. It just is. So I want to end with this, because I just thought of, you know, that word faith and trust. A lot of us are real big in about faith, you know, taking leap of faith, we believe in our religions, all that. But we have trouble with trust. So my last story is going to be about this tightrope walker. Do you know what a tightrope walker is? But this man did it from one side of Niagara Falls to the other side. Niagara Falls, for those who haven't been there, unbelievable waterfall and so so high and and he's walking across. He's going to walk across with a wheelbarrow. And the uh, wheelbarrow, they, what farmers use to put, put stuff in, you know, one wheel and two wheels or whatever. But his was just going to, somehow it had going to work with one wheel. And he was going to go like this. And people kept He's about to go, and they kept cheering and cheering. Yeah, go. And he said, do you have faith I could go? He asked the man there, do you have faith I could go across the falls with this wheelbarrow? And the guy said, yes, yes, I have faith you could do it. And he said, do you trust I could do it? And he said, sure, I trust. He said, then hop in the wheelbarrow. <laughs> That's what I realized today. You've honored, you've honored me to let me say, jump in the wheelbarrow. Do you trust me? And you said, yes. And you've jumped in the wheelbarrow. This, this is not easy stuff we were doing today. It's not easy.
We all have the same disease. This is very difficult to put out trust and say, I'm going to walk a line that's a little frightening, that doesn't quite make sense to me, but I'm going to try it. And my trust that, that this is the way we needed to do it this afternoon, that this was very far from what I was going to do this afternoon. Although that was a lie. I didn't know what I was going to do this afternoon. So, yes, and we're going to end with that question. Oh, okay. I pray to the to urinate in my mouth. Okay. English, a hog is a pig. The word hog, H-O-G, is a pig. From pork, pig. He'd say, Harvey, do you think God loved you when you were doing all of those crazy Low life things you used to do. <coughs> and I'd finally say, ah, yeah, I guess so, to get him off my back. Yeah, I guess so. And he'd say, well, if he loved you then, he must be hog ass wild about you now. <laughs> <laughs> he must really love you now. And let me tell you, we have a God just smiling today saying, man. Look at this group of people. I love them so much. They're helping each other to live a life that I always knew they could, but they were born with this disease, and I loved them so much, I brought them here to this fellowship. That's the God I have today that I want to share with you. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve. I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of The Daily Reprieve, the best source for experience, strength, and hope for SA members. Please subscribe to this podcast to be alerted of new episodes. Please show your support by donating to The Daily Reprieve by going to donate.thedailyreprieve.com and choosing either monthly donations or a one-time donation by clicking Donate Now. Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the next episode of The Daily Reprieve.